Hello everyone and welcome to Final Show. I'm John, the executive producer here, and I've just got a few pre-show notes for you. First of all, I want to let everybody know that our addresses have changed. Uh, our Twitch channel has changed from Sinstaku to twitch.tv slash finalshowfilms, and our YouTube channel has also changed to youtube.com slash finalshowfilms. Next, we want to thank our $20 tier supporters on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash films, by the way, if you want to go throw a couple bucks our way. That's going to be Cat Waterflame, Antitonic, Samantha Bates, and Maureen Monty. Thank you guys for that. Also, our website is in the process of getting updated. So go take a look at finalshowfilms.com. We've got Mara and Jeremy are working on updating all of our stuff there, making it look nice and like a modern website and frankly they know what they're doing far better than i or austin ever did so if you want to check out the things that are changing over there you go do that follow us on twitter at final show films for updates uh for all future things including things that are going on with our website and going on with the patreon page and things that are going on live as we stream them uh, as well as our podcasts and everything else so thank you very much for watching y'all have a good day Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Terminus Tendency. I am William, and I am the storyteller for this Hunter the Vigil Chronicle. And joining me today, we have Jack. Hey, everybody. I'm Jack. I'm playing Eamon Mulcahy, the Malleus Maleficarum, and one of the two Irish murder hobos. And Jeremy. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I am playing uh, Nina's guy, who is not an Irish murder hobo. Uh, uh, she's a, she's she's a rock singing Satanist. And Aaron. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I am playing Drew, the arguably least murder hoboy, the asshole of the group, and the lucifuge uh, scholar. Who is not allowed to come along on our mission because they're going to murder them if someone if they do. Sorry. That part was intentionally excluded, but yeah. <laughs> and Holly? Hi, I'm Holly. I'm playing Astrid Ashwin, uh, Knights of St. Adrian. And Craig? Hi, uh, I'm playing Paul Phillips, Aegis Kaidoru, acquisitions expert, and I think only character thus far to have not killed anyone. Yeah, you made an effort, but you never have actually killed anyone. <laughs> yeah, not for lack of we're, we're working on getting better at it. Did I ever? Okay. I think you, were you one that torched the zombie with your flame eyes? I injured the zombie. I did not kill the zombie. I did right, 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 right. Destroying a zombie does not count as killing anything. Also, William, I'm here too. I I was getting to you. (laughs) And our Malleus Maleficarum bookend, John. John, I'm John Mulcahy, the Malleus Maleficarum, and quite frankly, I prefer combat enthusiast transient. And intellectual. <laughs> intellectual. <laughs> and when and when last we left off, uh, our group 
with a number of objectives to seek out, <laughs> chief, chief among which being attempting to track down and figure out the location of the colonel's roving fortress um, and attempting to find out potential information about the location of the missing Jonas Orion. Um, the group has split into two directions um, with um, Drew, uh, Astrid, and Spanner, and I believe uh, with Colleen. Um, Drew was yeah. part of that group because that was I the. I think Colleen's going to the witch because. Sorry, Nina. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Nina, Nina, Astrid, and Spanner. Um, heading north to meet up with one Madame Zarkova who potentially might have information on Jonas uh, and and uh, Drew Sean and Eamon tracking down, attempting to track down uh, the the Colonel Colonel Dottilo. Uh and so as we pick up we're going to go ahead and join. Uh, first off, does anyone have any conversations they need to have en route to either of these specific encounters? Or are we not getting a prologue this week? Sorry, yes. You're, thank you for reminding me. I forget occasionally. That's important. <laughs> but, uh, so, yes. Because I, I keep writing these things and then forgetting to deliver them. <laughs> <laughs> It's fair. Um, I barely even wrote this one. Um, and so joining, uh, returning to a undisclosed location at some time in the future in a dark room, uh, an individual continues. <sighs> All right. Well, with a little bit of the mystery unraveling, but perhaps also deepening at the same time, and as much damage control as can be done out of the way, uh, this is the point at which a, lo a certain loss of focus can be ascribed to the group as they, as they determine to track down a couple of side objectives that may or may not be able to push forth in the grand scheme, but will almost certainly, at the very least, provide a little bit more advantage and maybe some more information. And there was a certain amount of risk being taken in both of these encounters, especially with splitting the force of this group. But in the end, I think ultimately, when it comes to a question of how best can we push ourselves forward when there's so much unknown Ultimately, the only answer that can be given is just that the cards will tell. Uh, and we, with that given, are there any conversations that need to happen en route? I'm trying to think. No idea. I don't, th I don't think Nina has anything that needs to... to 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 clarify, Colleen is going with the uh, the vampire hunting group, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because you didn't want her in the same room as a witch. Yeah, exactly. They need them after vampires. Your kid it was much. 
Never mind. Okay. Well, we're not expecting direct confrontation. That's yeah. fair. No, that's fair. And 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 we don't yeah, know the allegiance to this witch, and she, she might recognize her and tip off other interested parties potentially. Yep. Fair. Um. But that being the case, I don't think there's anything that Paul needs to do with anybody, who, at least on the way. All right. So we'll go ahead and pick up as the uh, as the group arrives in as the witch hunting group uh, arrives in Helen, Georgia. Witch conversing group. <laughs> the vampire yes. hunting witch conversing. Or yes. The witch to talk to her. See. Witch Whisperer sounds like a Stevie Nicks cover band. <laughs> Witch Whisperer is a Stevie Nicks cover band I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any Stevie Nicks cover band is a Stevie Nicks cover band I want to hear. Plus, like, Scott Stapp is fronting. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What about Eddie Vedder? Eddie Vedder is fine. He's not Scott Stapp. <laughs> I've got I've gone way too long without before uh, since the last time I shit on Creed. Anyways, um, so yes. So we're arriving somewhere. Yes, as, as your group arrives specifically in Helen, Georgia, uh, with the intent of looking for one traveling mystic by the name of Madame Zerkova. Any particular approach, or you're just looking for the wagon? <laughs> Is it literally a wagon? Okay. That's what that's what you've been told, according to according to uh, according to Archer's Nosferatu contact. She literally drives a wagon. I was thinking RV for some reason. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I look mean, look for a wagon. Let, let, to be fair, wagon could mean a lot of things. Maybe it's a station. Isn't a wagon a type of car? Yes. Station wagon. Station yes. wagon, yes. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's see if we can just locate the wagon first before we start asking around and calling attention. Yeah. All right. Uh, so just comb in the area for a wagon. Uh, let's have everyone just roll me wits and streetwise. All right. There we go. Astrid starting strong. Hmm? Yep. Two successes. Alright. One from Paul. <laughs> from six dice, so not great. Four <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Nina almost got as many successes as this as she had dice. I mean, look, when you w- when you want to find a witch in 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 a town, 
There are certain people that you just ask. Right, yeah. Uh, and when, and you're, when you're looking to find a witch in the southeast, you ask the Satanist hobo rocker. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy arguing with the Lyft driver. <laughs> Wait. We took a lift. Did we take a lift here? No, I, 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 I was actually just thinking about that because Paul doesn't. Paul generally takes a lift, or, a, a, but I think he probably would have ridden with one of the two of you. Mm. Um, that's actually something we should probably resolve as a fun character bit. Who, who would Paul have ridden with? Well, it's... would Paul prefer to ride with? Um, they're both on motorcycles so who are you riding behind i think i think before they set out paul did a quick uh a quick search of the local um judiciary case search to see which one of them has more moving infractions (laughs) and would have then picked the other person to ride with i think that's up to you two Everybody roll a d10. <laughs> I don't know how reckless of a driver after it is. She's not really that reckless of a driver. Yeah, I, yep. I, I would I would guess I would probably guess it would be Astrid the more careful driver between her and Nina. Yes, that that is absolutely fair. So here's okay. the other question. Because we're you're both reasonably connected hunters, are any of those databases actually any of those infractions still in the database? Oh yeah, are you kidding? That's rep. I was gonna say you got you have a reputation to to maintain. Um, okay. Well, and then the, the 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 flip side of that is, would Astrid let Paul ride on the back of her cycle? Oh yeah. Okay. See, d- d- describing describing Nina as the Satanist hobo rocker just makes me think that Nina is secretly a hex girl. <laughs> like Scooby Doo. Yes, yeah, like Scooby Doo yeah. hex girls. Well, so interestingly, in some iterations of Scooby Doo, they're actually Wicca. It, yes, like Thorn is supposedly actually Wiccan. Yeah. The other two aren't, just Thorn, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 90s cartoon representation, but a decent. Yeah. Cartoon. Yeah. Um, I. Back to, yeah. Yes. In great detail, yeah, because we're enthusiastic what? about things here. And it's a, it, it's another Monster Hunter show. Well, no, <laughs> just now I'm now I'm thinking about the last time I watched Scooby Doo, which was in 1995. You're, you haven't watched Scooby Doo since I was born. I have. I father. Oh, what? Okay. Want <laughs> <laughs> a great example of episodic storytelling? Thing with an ongoing narrative, it's a great show to watch. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just watched Jeremy turn to dust. Jeremy just turned to salt and collapsed. <laughs> yeah, I just. I, I like that we made it all the way through the supernatural conversation before stream, and Scooby Doo is what. Uh, breaks Jeremy. It wasn't the Scooby Doo, let me tell you. No, it was it was the it was the birth year thing. <laughs> it was, you, you haven't watched. I watched it in 1995. You haven't watched it since I was born. <laughs> I was in high school, y'all. I graduated high school in 1995. <laughs> I, was, I was a year behind okay. you, Jeremy. <laughs> Oh. What were we even talking about? I don't know. So. I don't have dementia, so I... <laughs> <laughs>
with with four successes from Nina. Oh, that was good. I needed that. It was been a long day. I really needed that. Well, I'm glad it was it, it was heartening for you. Right? Uh, you snapper. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm just watching Craig get gray hairs right now. Like they're popping into it worse. Like a year and a half older than me. Yeah, I was about to say I'm not even the youngest person in this chat. I'm aware. Oh, right, right. that that felt good. I just don't flaunt it. Jesus, Craig, you're like your mortgage is going down as we speak. <laughs> so, with four successes from Nina, as I struggle to take a breath, I have to go put on a cardigan. I'll be right back. <laughs> a jacket with elbow pads. It's cold in here. Uh, <laughs> I need to breathe. My head is swimming a bit. As we discover that you are afraid of the heating and its newfangled nests. <laughs> okay. What I was trying to say is that Nina discovers that it's not so much a wagon as it is like an old Bentley that's designed to look like a wagon. Like it, it, the, the, the like aesthetic of the old like Victorian wagon, the sort of very box shape that has sort of the, the front seat that is sort of slightly elevated and sort of shelf like has been replicated in like an old Bentley. So it still has that very much that box shape, but where it would be like the seat of a wagon is the engine block. Okay. And the, the wheels are just very oversized and very thin rather than actually being made of wood. Um, but it is this large wagon looking Bentley uh, that is oversized to the point that it has enough room for more than just seating arrangements. Like it has like a truck bed almost size. Very, very interesting custom job. Um and either spray painted or just straight decaled on the side of it is a large stylized um, sign saying Madame Zerkova's wandering, wandering um, mysteries. Well, uh, I think we found it. <laughs> and it's, it's parked right outside one of the five to seven biker shops in Helen, Georgia. <laughs> Because by the way, Helen, Georgia is famous for the for the biker motif. What's what's the rest of the parking lot like? <laughs> is it? I mean, is it full? Is it comparatively empty? It's motorcycles. It's motorcycles and a couple of trucks. But I mean, a lot of them, there's there's a good like dozen or so motorcycles and a handful of trucks. Oof. Okay. Yeah, I will pull to a stop since we are on different bikes, so I would have to point it out to you. I I will uh, also Yeah, not over up. that way. Looks like we've got our got our witch. Well she certainly got the aesthetic down. Do <clears throat> we wanna approach I mean, 
I think it should be fine as long as, you know, we don't do what any of the people who are not currently here with us probably would have likely done in terms of threats or intimidation or things like, or, you know, murder. Um, right. Well, I mean, she's, she's, she's clearly a, a person of business. I say we approach her like that. We've got business to be done. She's got information we'd like. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make a deal. Sounds good. Cool. And 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 I'm, I apologize. Out of character, please remind me again. Um, who was it that that put us in touch with her? And what was the uh, Archer? Uh, when well, Astrid and Archer have been hunting for potential leads on Jonas Orion. Uh, Arch, one one of Archer's Nosferatu contacts pointed out that this person is supposedly a seer specializing in finding people, which isn't much, but is the best lead they were able to find. Okay. Um, uh, Paul turns to Astrid and said, um, did, did your brother mention, um, is, is this a sort of acquaintance that we might drop a name or uh, should we perhaps not mention that we, uh, we know them through, uh, uh, what was it, a Nosferatu? Did he mention that to her? No, he just said that the Nosferatu contact knew them. It was a very short conversation. He didn't mention anything. I think we'll be okay to drop a name. All right. I hope. Um, well, let's see if she can put us on the path. All right. Astrid, we'll head over there. All right. So what is what are you intending to do? Uh, what what is the what is the setup? I mean I mean is is uh, is the back open? Is is she in the uh, so if you as, as you as you approach the vehicle, uh, it does it appears to have a back that does open up, like the 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 back the back the back hatch is very much sort of this whole vehicle is like a super custom job. Like it's been done up a lot. Like it looks like the base Bentley has been so modified that it can hardly be called a Bentley anymore. Um, uh, and it's oversized as all hell. Um, but uh, it does look like the hatch, the, the, the hatch does open wide and like sets up for like, if someone wanted to run a shop out of the back of their vehicle. Um but uh, it does not appear to have anyone inside it right now. It just looks like it's locked in front of this motorcycle shot. Okay. Um, and and it, it says, the exterior says Madame Zarkova? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess we ought to go take a look inside then. Maybe she's uh, doing a bit of shopping. Maybe she rides in her off hours. All right. Sounds good. Um, Paul says, well, I didn't exactly uh, pack my biking leathers today, so uh, maybe you all ought to go in first. I mean, the two of you actually ride motorcycles, so you're not exactly out of place in Helen. Right. Right. Astrid will go ahead and go in. Yeah, I'm going in as well. Paul will follow. He just didn't want to be the first one in through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just everyone roll me just a 
wits and perception as you enter the as you enter the the shop. Wits and you mean wits composure? Right, wits and composure. Yes, wits and perception. Two, four again. Nice work, Nina. One. You wouldn't happen to have combat planned because I feel like the dice are are, are getting out their success now. That's up to you. I mean, you, you got walks in and says, "Who owns that piece of shit bike outside?" They're <laughs> <laughs> getting in a fight. So, um, as you as you all walk in, you sort of take a look around and take in the atmosphere. Um, and it is very much this particular motorcycle shop sort of sells the 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 very the the more um less of the biker gang and more of the um the spiritualistic side of uh, of the motorcycle community um which sort of makes sense that someone like madame zarkova might hang out around this area um there's a variety of like um trinkets and um uh accoutrement that are designed to sort of bedeck your bike to represent um accomplishments and experiences and um there is the the thing that catches nina's attention um is a woman in sort of uh intentionally frayed black and very form-fitting but like at like form-fitting around the chest and legs, but then sort of flares out around the arms and, and lower legs. Um, dress that is intentionally sort of like distressed and frayed on the ends of the garment to make it look damaged. Um, woman with sort of very long, luxurious black hair that sort of reaches around mid-back. Um, very sort of pale face makeup and black lipstick, uh, dark eyeshadow. Um, who is in the middle of uh, passing over a sale to the owner of the of the shop with a small box with these small silver bells um, in them that are that look like these small silver bells on small keychain sort of shaped rings. Um, the, the the silver bells have a variety of different designs engraved on them, and she's she's in the middle of passing the box over to the store owner who is handing her a, a wad of cash for them. All right. Um, I mean, before I directly tell, you know, uh, point them out, you know, I, I, I definitely take a beat or two to, to appreciate the view. Then I'll be like, oh, um, Mm-hmm. Is it, 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 is it is sort of locked locked up for a moment? A little bit. Okay. Uh, Paul will will step forward um, and say, oh, "I've got to ask: is is that your custom Bentley outside?" Uh, so she finishes counting the the amount of the amount of cash that she's been handed. She sort of looks up at you and kind of tilts her head to the side. Oh, yes. That's mine. Can I help you? Paul whistles and says, that is a beautiful piece of work, if you don't mind my saying. Um, 
absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure I've ever seen it. looks like it's complete top-to-bottom custom. Yes, it's been quite an interesting ride to get it put together. A number of very special uh, mechanics have had a fun time working on it. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, so that would make you uh, Madame Zarkova, is that right? The one and only. Um, and I, I understand you might be a purveyor of guidance to those uh, in need of it. That could be described of me. Are you looking for a reading, some trinkets, something to help you sleep at night? We're looking to find someone. Mm, direct. I like it. Well, if that's the kind of service you're looking for, maybe we should step into my maybe we should step into my uh, place of business. Thanks again, Dan. She says to the to the store owner as she sort of pockets the pockets the cash into into the into the voluminous folds of her robe. She just kind of puts it somewhere underneath, like right under where 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 the chest area is, and it just sort of disappears. There's no visible pockets that you can see in this dress, but why would they be in distress? <laughs> We've established uh, that I'm ancient. I'm allowed to make vaudeville jokes. Um, uh, but um, all right. So, so is she is she heading out then? Yeah, she so she sort of walks past you and sort of towards the door and kind of looks over her shoulder and just kind of crooks a finger towards you. <laughs> just mean on my way. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, the. Uh, Paul will follow her out uh, and, and will turn and say, a lovely place, Daniel. Absolutely fantastic. We'll have to come back. She just kind of gives you a shake of the head and nods as you head out. It's sort of like this, like, I've seen this like three or four times grin on his face. <laughs> is there anything, um, you know, of specific interest in here, by the way? Uh, what is of specific interest to you? Well, it, anything that looks like it actually has arcane merit. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things here that look like trinkets of that people would ascribe to be either lucky and or magic, whether or not that is actually the case is sort of not as likely, but then again, a supposed witch is giving merchandise to them, so maybe. Okay, all right. Um, I guess just, I just stash that away for later consideration. Like maybe those silver bells that she just handed over, but who yeah, knows? Yeah. Uh, any chance I can get a better look at them or they've been put away? Yeah, he's put them behind the counter. Okay. All right. Well, next time I want to go midnight shopping, maybe I'll come back here, browse around. But um, So you guys head out um, and she opens up the... Uh, she open, opens up the, the back of the back hatch of the Bentley and it, it sort of unfolds into this lavish sort of trunk exterior, like interior that is the, the entire back seat has been sort of taken out and replaced with just a, a bed and like a, like a, just like a flat bed of the truck. And that has been upholstered with a, like a very comfortable, very soft carpet um, and like a small rollout mattress if she needs to sleep while she's on the road. 
and then just a variety of interior decorations like there's like a dream catcher on one wall and a variety of like small enclosed shelf space that can there's a number of like <laughs> trinkets like the the like uh small jar with like pickles like bat carts in it <laughs> and stuff like that uh that sort of lining the interior of this trunk space fair um and she sort of like opens the hatch turns around and like sits on the edge of it as she looks at the group of you so information on finding someone are you looking what kind of what kind of information are you hoping for anything he vanished without a trace anything that will help ideally if you could tell us exactly where he is that'd be lovely but um barring that um whether he's alive or dead mm-hmm. That's some very specific information you're looking for. in between. Right. You're looking for some very specific information on a person. What makes you think I can provide that kind of knowledge? I was told you were the right person to go to. Really? What kind of reputation do I have around this area? Do, Do I know the guy's name? Nope, you just know that there's a Nosferatu somewhere. Let's just, you have a, re- you have a reputation among certain segments of the population. You might not have heard of him, they're pretty underground. My God. puts on hipster glasses. The worst thing is that I can't be too mad because that's actually a really good way to be subtle about it. <laughs> Nina just pinches the bridge of her nose. <laughs> Let me see how her empathy's holding up right now. <laughs> okay. How much patience does this woman have for you? She the the see the the one eyebrow kind of raises a bit. Hmm. Well, you certainly don't seem like creatures of the night, being you're here in the middle of the day. You are very observant. Is that what they call second sight? (laughs) (laughs) This is just first sight. Um, You can see seconds. No, we're not. Heartbeats and everything. That said... We're knowledgeable about certain things. As of right now, well, period. In in relation to this, mean our only interest is finding out the information we need to find out. Well, if that's the case, then let's get to the serious business, shall we? That's not totally true. I have many other interests regarding this meeting, but they're not ones that require an audience. Um, <laughs> oh, you're cute. So, well, let's get down to this. If that's the case, then let's get to the serious business, shall we? Which means a little bit more privacy, shall we? Uh, and she, she, uh, sort of reaches over to the sides of this hatch and pulls a pair of curtains that are on the sides 
like that sort of like are designed to shield the interior of the vehicle and she kind of pulls them shut and then starts to sort of picks her legs up and leans back and sort of rolls herself in in behind the curtains and sort of after she disappears for a second she pokes her head back out come on in and shut the door behind you uh all right paul will will hop in yep it'll go in um, as you as as you pull the uh curtains aside and and pull yourselves into the vehicle uh you find yourselves uh greeted with a significantly different sight than you would typically expect the interior of a vehicle to be um as you find yourself on the inside of what would typically be described as a wanderer's tent like as opposed to just the interior of a vehicle you find yourself on the inside of a small room um as as you look around and the area is much more darkly lit with sort of a, a faint purplish lighting fixture um there is a table and a series of shelves lining this room's very soft carpeting um and the uh like the the table is adorned with a uh, small set with drinks set on it. Um, there's a where where you are walking through. As you look behind you, you see as opposed to just the curtain on the back of a vehicle, there's actually like a, a curtain door. Um, and as you look around, this this area is just sort of it's a small like interior of a caravan house, like someone set up a tent in the middle of somewhere, but it's supposedly on the interior of a ha- of uh, of a hatchback bentley it, is this is this just exceedingly clever design or is this something magical at work this is absolutely this these dimensions do not fit the interior of this vehicle like okay. you're 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 in like a 15 20 foot room where you were just a minute ago outside of a bentley okay all right um can i try to to figure out how that would be accomplished if i'm aware of any spells or enchantments or items that could make that happen hey you can go ahead and roll me wits and occult okay um any any bonus for my conspiracy i give you a plus one okay three success I mean, the bigger on the inside trick is something that's sort of known. Okay. Um, it's not like a specific spell. It's just a variety of different enchantments create larger spaces, either by linking to a different location, which means that this could be an actual place in the middle of somewhere, or just bending space by creating an area that is actually larger on the inside. Even okay. if it is a gimmick in certain television programs that are popular amongst the mundanes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to get inspiration uh, from somewhere. Um, and as, as as Madame Zerkova sort of walks in and sits down at this table, so how about you tell me who exactly we're looking for? And as we deal with that, we'll take a break away from that for just a second and slide on over to the other group. As the the group of you with Colleen uh, as. Sean, Eamon, and Drew um, make your way out towards uh, between Georgia. Uh, That's why you never try and make it so it looks like the plastic explosives are an actual potato. Hmm? 
<laughs> Does that answer your question, Colleen? No, see, I was more curious about why someone had wanted to make it into a potato in the first place, but okay. National pride. And also because mm. potatoes are something you don't look twice at. Have you ever inspected a potato thinking it might be an explosive? No, but now I, I feel like I should. Yes, you should. And you're wiser for it. Drew okay. his phone trying to figure out, like, roughly how big between is. Uh, it's between is that like one of those foot circumnavigatable small towns, or is it like a suburb? Uh, well, between has a population of 360 people. At a density uh, of... Uh, it's... GM Fiat. It's not big. Okay. So my thought is that we could, um, most of us have been seen by and would probably be recognized by a decent number of the people we don't really want recognizing uh, us. It's, it's, it's area is a square mile. Less than a square mile. Okay. Slightly, yeah, slightly under a square mile. Awesome. Foot circumnavigatable, what I was hoping for. My thought is, um, once we get there, uh, Crowley is really good at being unseen, and no one's going to look twice at a slightly mangy dog once I take off the vest. Um, we could wait somewhere. I could be in contact with him or even watch through his eyes, and he could go around seeing if there's any spots that seem particularly full of, of foreign men um, doing foreign stuff. Uh, it occurred to me that when we also, if any of them don't have English as a native language, I am a dead giveaway because I, I don't think I can turn off my powers. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so the General plan. But we're not hoping for contact anyway. We're hoping for location. And uh, I think general plan is to at least just try to get eyes on it or a rough description yeah. so that we know exactly a little bit more specifically what we're looking for, yeah? Yeah, once I get a location, presumably someone can get up on a roof with a sniper rifle and get a much better description from the viewfinder. I think she's talking. I think he's talking John, about. John, I think you might be muted because that sounded like a snarky comment in video chat. But no, I just said yeah. I said yes, I could. Or just a pair of binoculars, whatever. Right. Well, hmm. send your mind. I'll do a bit of a walkabout. We'll yeah. get you a couple of nice rooftops. Andrew can can handle some of the uh, some of the more subtler approaches. Yeah, I just need to hang out somewhere and let Crowley walk around. Uh, the problem being, I don't know that there's going to be any really good rooftops out here. It's not that large of a place, and it's not exactly an industrial thing. I think just Crowley looking around is probably the reason. Plan. Yeah. This the is the thought was more once we know where to look, we yeah. can figure out where we might be able to get more detail from. Yeah, this is a fairly small town. 
Let's have Crowley take a look. Um, so spe- specifically, um, how the uh, the tongue of Babel works um, for edification as well, because I was just yeah. I want to take a quick look at it. Um, it's basically you speak the tongue of Babel, like the ancient power builders before the confusion of languages, which means that you speak the Ur language that everyone comprehends, which is to say that you can speak in a tongue that everyone will innately understand whether or not they, whether or not they should. And because of that, you can understand any spoken language, um, which is, which means that while you can't turn off the can understand any spoken language ability, you don't have to speak in Babel. Okay. So if I, for example, wanted to make sure a whole bunch of people whose native languages might be like German or Dutch didn't go, hey, how is that person speaking German to me and Dutch to this other person? Yeah, you don't, you don't have to speak in Babel. You, can, you can't turn off the understanding all languages because you understand the Babel tongue. Mm-hmm. but you don't have to speak in the Ur tongue that everyone understands. Never mind. Good to know. That's that's very useful and probably important for not breaking the whatever we call the secret of supernatural stuff. Mm. Right. Yep. Uh... As far if I if I recall correctly, there should be a bakery somewhere roughly in the middle of a tongue. We can sit there, have some, have some, have some food while uh, Crowley goes. Works for me. Yep. Pulls into the parking lot of the bakery. Then. Hmm. Um, Sends out a hell dog to go sniff out Nazis. One thing I'm thinking about, brother. Um, if the bastard we're after is driving around in some sort of fortified, mobile, whatever it is. Look, the church van is great and all for getting us from point A to point B and carrying all our shite in it, but if we're going to be chasing anything down, might need something with a bit of a better engine or a lighter body. Hmm? Or we just figure out which direction he's going and put a blockade in the road. Or something that's slightly, like, much thought, subtle. By the way, we probably shouldn't park in the open, given they definitely know what our car looks like at this point. I much prefer... I'll drive a drone back. I much prefer the I, I much prefer setting an ambush and having him come to us rather than trying to chase after him. Chasing after him puts him in more power. Oh, I. But if everything always got to go along with the ways that we wanted it to, and we didn't ever have to respond to less than ideal circumstances, what would be the point of us? Hmm. I mean, we'd still have to be killing vampires, so. I don't know what the question means. Go find your donuts and I'll park this thing around back. The bakery. There's more than just donuts. You're a bakery. Fuck off. Your mom's a bakery. You know I've got no idea where mom works these days. Which makes the statement I said potentially true and potentially, potentially true, but. <laughs> Quished. And yeah. I parked the vehicle <laughs> around back. William, my thought is that Crowley sort of wanders around the area looking for anything that might seem like gathering spot or like an actual armored vehicle. All right, just uh, go ahead and roll me a wits of composure for Crowley. <laughs> out of the way and not, yeah. not engaging if anything is found. Yeah. For what, Be, it's, for what being it's a shabby stray. 
For what it's yep. worth, between is the de textbook definition of a one-stoplight town. Okay. Yeah, I, I assume that a dog could make their way through it pretty quickly. Oh yeah, it's it's got like a square that has a couple of build a couple of shops. There's literally a bakery, a gas station, and like a couple of food places. And for some reason, it branches off like disc to a disconnected neighborhood, where the neighborhood is in between, but none of the roads that go into the neighborhood are in between. <laughs> uh, one success. All right. Um, so let me very quickly pull up my map here so I know exactly what I'm talking about. And there's this squiggly bit at one side of it where it's got like this, like, I they did weird things to the city map for this. Yeah, the, the, there's a weird amount of, the city planners were not on their best job when they mapped out between. They were just like, it's already here, let me draw a line around it probably <laughs> sort of it's got a couple of weird well, wiggly bits there's one part there's one part on one side of it where half of the main thoroughfare is in between and the other half isn't i wonder That's if that's the media yeah the like the the northern <laughs> half of the road is not considered in the town the southern half is and that's for yeah. a stretch of land where nothing is on either side of the road. So it's pointless as to why that is. Yeah, but... Um, it's all new drainage, and then it doesn't have to be the town's problem. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so as Crowley sort of takes a walk around, um, funny enough, because this is the south, uh, as small as Between is, it has three churches. I mean, that... <laughs> That, that makes tracks. a lot of sense to me. That <laughs> sort of like Los Angeles and liquor stores. Or Portland and churches. Or Portland and churches. Or sadly, Spokane and dispensaries. Sadly, not Portland and liquor stores. Does it have three churches? There are like three. But we're pretty comparable on the dispensaries end. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's weed shops fucking everywhere now. Yeah, between has... Um, Journey Church. Let me see here. Yeah, Lifebridge yeah. Christian, New Hope. Journey, and Journey Church. Journey. Do any yeah. of them seem to be currently occupied by a white supremacist movement? Uh, well, I was going to say. Well, I mean, <laughs> depends on. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even require a vampire. White supremacist movement. There's a difference between. A vampiric but Yeah. General racism versus particular racism. And. <laughs> nationalist racists versus international racists. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the, the international racist five hundred three. Okay. So the, the the one the one gas station around um, or the one gas station in, in in between is a marathon, um, and it is right down the street, like less than a block uh, from New Hope Church. Um, and as as Crowley sort of wanders around. Um, there is a, there's a small restaurant called Dinner in a Dash across, across the street from, from Marathon. Uh, and as he sort of wanders that street sort of up and down, um, there's a variety of vehicles at any of these churches at any time. Like even, even midday, there's a number of vehicles. It's, it's a Wednesday. They have a lot of people present. 
Um, even though service probably let out like a couple hours ago, the church is just, and it's a small town like this. The church is just a place for people to hang out. Um, but the, the particular thing that Crowley takes note of around new hope church, uh, is the large Humvee with very dark windows that pulls out of new hope church and drives right down the road to the marathon and starts to, and and someone gets out and begins to fuel up. Uh, that Humvee is very well kept and very clean for a middle of the no, middle of nowhere podunk town, um, which sort of implies that it's not a regular here. But it looks like there's a couple of other cars that are like it. Uh, very large trucks, like a couple of a couple more Humvees, and like one um, very uh, advanced-looking RV um, that all have sort of that they're all sort of clumped together around the church um, that it sort of broke off from that are all sort of sitting in that parking lot, which. That's the only thing that really stands out among this town that is odd is that all of those vehicles are particularly like well kept compared to every other um, vehicle that you see that seems to be native here. So I'm going to use my ability to see through Crowley's eyes and take down as many license plates as I can. Yep. And so um, running through and sort of looking across um, the License plates are all definitely United States. Um, so they're, they, they, these aren't foreign vehicles. Um, but a number of them uh, are from different locations in the U.S. Um, like the only, the, only, the only Georgia license plate is on the large RV. Uh, the rest of them all have a few different states in the surrounding area for their license plates. Um, the numbers are all sort of indistinct. So like we're not talking, there's no vanity plates on any of these things. Yeah. I'm going to take down the records anyway, because I don't know if like any of us can access that through our conspiracies or whatever. And it's useful to have them, even if they might change those. Um, so yeah, after finishing that up, um, I'll sort of give Sean a name and a nod. Finish up my coffee. I think we've got what we need. Where are they located? Uh, from where you're sitting, it's the, it's a church right up the street. I'm sort of jerking the direction. <clears throat> and very quietly, local religious community. Uh, yeah, we And I will name the one that I've already forgotten the name of. Uh, it's New Hope yeah. Church. It's very generic. I really want to engage right now. No, I was thinking we could uh, possibly wait until they've all tooled off and then uh, a couple of men of the cloth might go in and uh, speak with whoever's still there and see how their day's going and how the Lord might be treating them. Hmm? If you think that's best, I'm hesitant to do anything that might get attention and because we want them to still be here. But 
Um, William, from what information we'd been given, we had basically been provided the impression that they're on a route, more or less. They don't stick anywhere particular too long. Right. Yeah, like the from from what you could have got from what you gathered from the records that Nina broke into, um, this caravan, if this is the right caravan, which it seems mm-hmm. like it might be, um, tends to stay on the move. Uh, it typically doesn't stay in any one spot for more than a day. Okay. Um, tell you what, uh, but, they've seen. As your- long as we're out of here by nightfall, it's fine. Right. Uh, Sit here for a bit. I'm just gonna go take a look. Just gonna walk, not do anything, not interact. One of us, one person walking around, probably fine. Especially the person that they've like. I, I don't know. Have they seen my face before, William? Because I wasn't there for that episode. I mean, you were posted up in a sniping position for most of the fight yeah. at the at the compound. So, especially considering that I don't think any of them have ever seen my face. Uh, so sit here, eat a bear claw, and I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go walk up the street. Great. I mean, they have tinted windows. Just kill them all and let and let God sort them out. <laughs> they have it coming. Um, we don't know that they were the first owners of these cars. Okay, fair. And a- Amon is. They have um, tinted windows on an RV. Eamon is texting uh, Nina and at, er, he'll send it to the group text if we have one. Otherwise, Astrid's probably the one getting the text. Um, just letting everybody know, found a caravan in between. Looks mighty suspicious. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and Cautious investigation underway. Keeping our distance. <laughs> With a nice little undercurrent of hurry up and get your asses down here. <laughs> that, I, just, I just text back, we'll BYC. That and is, you get to try to figure out what that means. <laughs> Astrid will just text back, don't get yourself killed. Yeah, uh, Jack, I hate to bring it to you, but... um. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a several-hour drive. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely am aware of that fact. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that that Amon is. All right, so uh, Sean, you go for a walk. Uh, yeah, I'm just walking up the street. I walk, yep. up, walk up the street with my. I've got my. I've got my big, broad-brimmed preacher hat on. Um, that keeps the sun out of my eyes. And I will uh, recommend that Colleen and I get back to the van where we're less like visible. And I'm I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna walk past the uh, uh, walk past the, the 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 gas station and up into the church up towards the church and then probably turn around and walk back. And while I'm walking, I'm gonna be praying to myself. Uh, that is praying quietly so that I can hear myself, not praying to me myself and I. Uh, for a little bit of for a little bit of uh, of true sight. Uh, 
That was more. Uh, that was more than I was going for. But all of that's going to me. Uh, true size enable each roll takes how long? Uh, it's an ex each roll takes about a minute. No, sorry, each roll represents one turn of prayer. Sorry. Okay. So, however long a turn is, probably not long enough for me to walk to the gas station yet. Yeah. Yeah. Th three rolls, you're probably looking about 30 seconds. Tops. Yeah. So, yeah, you can go ahead and roll me your attempt to see with the true sight. Which is a... Sorry, I need to... I keep having... To, I keep forgetting what... It's a resolve plus 11. I got a lot of success. <laughs> on 13 dice I got three successes but that's enough uh, yeah and so with my with my true side of saying able turned on I'm just gonna walk up the street and take a look at what's going on at the gas station see if anything I pops out I just want to point out that you actually got three successes on 14 dice because you rolled a 10. Your, your One of your successes was a 10. Yeah. And only two of them were ones. In there. Yep. Yeah. It sucks. But you only like rolling 14 dice for damage and getting two successes. Yeah. Fortunately, you only need one success for true sight. Yep. I would have been amazed if you had somehow failed that one. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Been there. Because <laughs> the difficulty is eight. Anyways. Um, so, uh, as you sort of walk up and down the street, um, your true sight isn't picking up too much, but it's also the middle of the day, so any vampire stepping out within vision of your true sight is it's a dumbass vampire. I'm hoping I'll see a ghoul or two. Well, the thing is, ghouls don't show up to true sight. They're uh -huh. just humans. Yeah, that, that was why I wasn't sure what... Fine. Like, your true sight will reveal anything that is hidden. Ghouls aren't any, like... They don't have any special appearances or features that are hidden from the world. They're just... It's sort of like... If a true sight being able to reveal a ghoul would be like true sight being able to reveal a crack addict. Anyway, which would also be a handy uh, ability. But. I mean, it would. <laughs> I mean, I think there's an ability I can get that's essentially that. Being being able to see more things than I could normally see is not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, even no, it's if like it's not going to show any vampires. In it, wa it wasn't really an expenditure of resources, and it was still a good thing to have active. So, I mean, no. yeah. I mean, there are times it's a bad thing. There are things that you certainly cannot unsee. I mean, yes. Um. But Cthulhu isn't here right now, so... Yes. If I see Cthulhu with my true sight, we are a little bit more fucked than we were otherwise. <laughs> and Just thus, don't text us and let us know, because I want my death to be a surprise. It would still be a good thing for me to see that, because then I would know and die quicker. I mean, text... Right about now is when... Know, depending on which version of the mythos we're going with, might just kill us. Right about now is when Nina gets a text. What the fuck does BYC mean? Burn your corpse. By your command. Burn your corpse. Ah. Uh, hmm. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Rather th that a brief pause. What you'd rather it be around to be raised by some fucked up necromancer who does who knows what with it? Eamon is currently busy with other things now that he knows what burn your corpse means. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, as you see the gas station, yeah, as you as you walk by the gas station, you see that that large, heavily tinted windowed RV or not RV the hum the Humvee. Um, as you sort of look at it, there's this, um, very, uh, gruff looking, uh, middle-aged sort of vaguely European looking fellow, uh, sort of short cropped hair, uh, sort of graying on the sides and this sort of like salt and pepper beard, um, very Russell Crowe looking. And although you didn't see him, Sort of the spitting image of the captain of the guard that um, that Eamon shot uh, at the uh, at the golf course. Not quite the not not like this is the exact same person, but looks like they could be related. Okay. Um, from from the same uh, central casting call. Uh, we're, we're also worth noting for yours uh, the the, the true side of able, the true side of Saint Abel also reveals magic. It just says yes, and the vulgar magic of a warlock is plain to his eyes. Whatever that means in this particular case, if they yes, if the thing is warded against the sunlight or anything. Yes. Um. And so the uh, as you sort of look around at the vehicle, and you you do notice that there is a faint touch of magic on the vehicle as well. It's difficult to discern, but it is there. Yep. Um. But the this this individual, like, it sort of looks like the bigger and slightly tougher version of the guy that got shot last time. Yeah. Um. But if only, the, I had, uh, if only I had any of Paul's tracking coins. That he, he's fueling up the Humvee, uh, getting Look a snack. Your seat cushions. I'm not in a car. <laughs> yeah, he he sort of walks uh, into the store while the vehicle's fueling up. Walks back out with like a slim Jim. Uh, oh right, you guys pump don't pump your own, you guys pump your own gas. Yes, we do. Oh, right. Okay. We, pump. <laughs> we don't have we don't have people that pump gas for us. No. This is and in New Jersey. He uh, the Humvee has a large enough gas tank that he has the if it's if it's near to empty, he's got the time to set it in the gas tank, turn it on, flip the latch, walk in, get a snack, walk back out, and it'll still be filling up. Oh yeah. Air. Uh, I'm going to continue walking up towards the church. And so as you as you walk past and just kind of keep a glance at it, you walk up towards the church and you see um, the uh, the caravan, uh, which has again a few more Humvees, uh, some large trucks, and one uh, one large and particularly um, modern looking RV. Uh, which it, which is to say, it looks very sort of plain steel as opposed to the like painted white with weird 
bright with weird like brown swirl designs that a lot of older RVs have. Um, sort of very, very, very plain gray silver um, and heavily tinted. Uh, and as you sort of as you sort of walk past the front of the church, you can see that there's about five or six more of these people um, vaguely somewhere, either like middle of the South middle-aged white dude or vaguely European middle-aged white dude um, sort of milling about these vehicles, a couple of them walking to and from the church. Uh, and I also then see the sign out in front of the church. Yeah. Pick up my phone, call Ammon as I continue walking past the church. Would have you, brother. Hmm. Oh, we're not going to be talking to anybody up here anytime soon. Methodist. What makes you? Hi, but there's a level of ecumenical spirit, isn't there? It'll be a, it'll just be a, sl a very, very weird for us to just pop in out of nowhere and. Uh, also, place is fucking crawling with these people. You, if any of them, right. if any of them have seen your face. They're going to. <clears throat> I don't know. That's why I was saying I'd only walk up there until like after the caravan had left. But so, uh, otherwise, I'm quite happy to sit at a distance, keep an eye out, and you know, doesn't off a straggler or two. Does it, William? Does it seem like they intend to stay here for very long? I, I understand we've we've been talking about how the caravan moves on. Does it seem like they are going to be leaving between today, and probably won't be coming back? Um, based on what it, what, what you're seeing, there's a couple of people sort of milling around on a smoke break. No one seems to have left these vehicles, except for the one guy who took a vehicle to go fuel it up. You would assume that their stop in between is a chance to fuel up, take a break and stretch legs for the people who feel the need to do that, which is to say the living people. Um, and basically spend a couple of hours and get anything done that might need to be done while they're in a place and then start moving again. You would expect this to be a very brief stay. There's not a lot in between that would really warrant them staying any longer. Also, I'm getting the suspicion that they're not staying here very much for very much longer. I'm not sure what we'd get talking to the church rather than just following them. Uh, important question are you on speaker so that i can hear this or no um if you guys he would have followed you guys into the van so yeah he would have this out on speaker hmm. uh we don't need to follow them that might actually raise suspicion i can just figure out where they're going next that's fine if you can do that i'm walking up the street a bit further and then we're gonna turn back around so I'll get another look. Uh, I'll get another look on my pass by, but there's a lot of these fuckers. Uh, by my count, William, how many of these guys do am I seeing? Um, well, first off, each of the vehicles has that similar trace of magic that you saw before. Yeah. Um, but standing on standing around outside these vehicles, there's like three more Humvees here, and uh, like two trucks and an RV, and you're seeing six people just kind of milling around outside. 
about six vehicles with about six additional individuals milling about outside. Each of them magically warded. So, definitely the right caravan. Or at least a fuck. At least something worth investigating, caravan. Uh. I, I would be shocked if we happened to find the other er, caravan of, of European vampires. I mean, if there's a second one, be our luck. I, I mean, if they're actually. If the second one is nice, then I, I don't care. But yeah. I oh, know. Definitely the right. Definitely the right one. I can. I'm spotting the uh, the magic wards right now. Um, I can't tell what the magic wards are for, but I can I hazard a guess. I mean, the most obvious one would be to ward out sunlight. Yeah. Um, can't quite tell what the magic's for, but I imagine sunlight. Preventing it. Could I? Could I break one of those wards? By breaking the window. Okay, so I couldn't, I couldn't like, just cancel the magic. I'd have to just, like, break a window to get it. Yeah, you'd have to, like, once the ward is set into the vehicle, you would have to damage the integrity of the, of the ward structurally, which would be shattering the window. I bust the wards all out your car. And I'm just, <laughs> I've got a stupid <laughs> idea, but I don't know if it'll work. You how say that out loud. How feasible would it be to get a large truck that can spit gravel like nobody's business out the back? I mean, I suppose we're in the sort of town for it. A big-ass fucking monster truck or something. Subtly and immediately, William, do I have any idea? I mean, if you knew where there was one being sold, you could absolutely pick one up quickly. You just have that many dots of resources. Yeah. Um, but the question is finding one that is available, and this is not the right size of town for that. You need a slightly middling to saw almost big town to have someone who decided they wanted to oversize their truck. If we want to do that soon, sure. Right now, no. Because I'm thinking the wards, like the wards could very easily be broken just by breaking the glass on the windows, so, or at least damaging them enough. If we could damage the windows incidentally with some spray-off gravel from the back of some tires, perhaps we could accidentally kill some vampires. Well, accidentally. And then get into a conflict. Certainly. Because even if it's accidental, I don't think they're going to let the random guy with a truck that toasted two people just drive off. Oh, certainly. But it's a lot hard. It's a lot easier for us to engage at a distance in a truck than it would be surprise and busting open their windows on the ground. Not today, but if we want to rent a truck in the future, we can do that. That's just an idea. Anyways, heading back your way now. <laughs> I mean, alternatively, you just get up on the roof and put a few rounds through. There's not really any roofs around with a clear line of sight. Unless I'd be on the gas station, and that wouldn't exactly be a hidden spot. No, but as I'm thinking about it, a gas station has a number of 
items freely for sale that could uh, hmm, assist. Hmm? Like what? Well, like you said, they're Methodists, so it's not exactly against the rules to burn down a church. None of them are in the church. They're outside the church. I thought you said it was the windows of the church would had the wardens on No, them. it's the windows of the cars. Oh, windows of the cars. Well, that's even easier. Hmm. The windows of the six cars in the caravan are all warded. Seven, technically, counting the ones at the gas station. Seven. Seven cars. Can we flash back to about I... 20 minutes ago when Damon <laughs> was wondering why we didn't let him go with the witch group? Right? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> The two people who are in the car probably do see Drew flinch quite a bit at the whole gas station conversation. You're right there, Drew. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like going in with half our force to uh, conflict with heavily armed vampires is perhaps not. Also. This guy supposed also this guy supposedly a military veteran moving with a caravan. What makes you think that glass isn't bulletproof? That too. You know, I could really make life unpleasant for him if I could just get up to the vehicle and have about five minutes. <laughs> I mean, if you're wanting, if you're wanting to speed to this thing, we certainly can try that. <laughs> nah, we should wait for the other ones to get back. Drew's right. Better tactical preferred. Do you guys want to deal with explaining to Astrid that you stole all of her chance to murder the vampires? That no, she no, we don't. Hmm. I'm just spitballing plans for the future. At the moment, we need to keep an eye on these, though. If you So how, how do you intend to find out where they're going, Drew? Well, I found them this time, and they're going to be following up. I can make a pretty good guess based on the way that they travel around. It's I, I hesitate to say ritualistic, but... But it's a pattern, hmm? Well then, if you're if you're confident, then I'd say we regroup with the others, figure out where their next destination is going to be, and set it up set up a good old fashioned ambush. And at this point, I will text to the entire group those license plates, and if anyone has people they can put on lookout or tracking, these are the license plates of the group we're looking for. They might change them, but. Yep. But there you have at least one iteration of them. Yeah. These are the ones we these are these are people we can symbol of skull or skull emoji. I'd be careful, but yes. Okay. I will really quick post those on I mean what I'm saying is we don't need information from them. There's nothing like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, just that. The, I'm gonna post those places on the union. Don't encourage engagement. Yeah. You, just the the union net quickly gets a series of license yeah. plates with just a notice that says "kill." No, no. <laughs> Nazi vampires kill. 
<laughs> Don't send them in without any motivation or knowing what they're up against. Let's see if this problem resolves itself without us. <laughs> that is also possible. Uh, and so, while, while, while you guys decide whether or not to regroup on that situation, we're going sw- to swivel back to the, 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 the witch conversation group. As you have all joined Madame Zerkova in her okay, magic so caravan. Conversation? Yes, the witch conversation. Hmm. Yes, that one. Oi. So as you um, all join Madame Zerkova. As she as she sits down at, at the table and just sort of asks, Well, so what specifically am I looking for here? Um, his name's Jonas. I'm going to look at Astrid. Astrid has all has more information about Jonas than the rest of us. You you, you mentioned that uh, that sort of specific information was a big ask. Uh, what what do you need from us? Uh, in order to track down something like that. Well, as much information that you can give me as possible certainly makes my job easier. And if you have anything that belongs to the person you're looking for, that certainly helps. Do I have anything of Jonas's on me? Do you? Do I have the phone? I can't remember what happened with the phone. I believe you did have his phone, yes. Okay. Um, She'll hand the phone over. This was his. Interesting. Now, what can you tell me about this Jonas? He, he, what he is, he's a hunter. Um, with Knights of St. Adrian, he, what, what can she remember about him? I mean, what can you remember about him? It's your mentor. I... He has a last name. Yeah, what's his last name? Orion. 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 Um, his name is Jonas Orion. He... He drives a motorcycle. He's always... He keeps to himself a lot. He has a small group of friends. Gets along with most people. What specifically do you need to know? I'm going to describe him. You describe him. And so she sort of takes the description. And not just his physical appearance. Yeah. His, um... I need things like... What's the his eff- sign? The things like the effect he has on you in, in, when you are in his presence. What, what trail does he leave spiritually behind him, emotionally? What is his... What is the wake that he leaves in the ocean? It brings people together. People who otherwise might not, uh, might not place an ice. It's one of the only true friends that I have. He's always there. 
loyal companion, a natural leader, <coughs> a gatherer of disparate folk. I begin to piece together an image. Let's see what I can find. And she will sort of, she pulls out two different things. Um, the first is a tarot deck, uh, which has um, a very large stylized Z on the back of each of the cards. Um, and the second thing she pulls out is a small bowl, which she then fills with some kind of mixture that is looks like water, but is too murky and faintly tinted um, too much of an ice blue for, for traditional water. And so she, as she, uh, she sets the bowl just in the center of the table and then starts to shuffle up the tarot deck. And she sort of lays, uh, sort of goes through the motions. And you've, told me the you told me about the man now tell me about his disappearance what happened to him that well, you cannot find him we were underground um, fighting a bunch of werewolves yes you've been busy then just I like to keep active we should talk about that later. To be clear, we're fighting the bad sort, you know, that lives in the sewers. Mm-hmm. He went and... in with us, but didn't come out. And um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pull out my phone and then open up a, a, a map application and, and show her where it was. The last place we saw him. Mm-hmm. I mean, no need to be classist about it. It's not that they were in the sewers. It's that they were evil and like big and uh, big and mutated and corrupted and shit. Yeah, but Paul's British, so he's going to be classist about it regardless. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, um, as she, she she sort of shuffles the uh, the the deck, <laughs> uh, someone did mention the motorcycle. I don't think anyone's mentioned that it was magic. Oh right. I don't think I don't think the rest of us know it's magic. Astrid does. I'll also you point out that my that it operates on magic school bus logic for no adequate reason. <laughs> I'll also point out that my last werewolf character literally grew up in the sewers. Say, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere, some bonars just got really pissed off at somebody in Atlanta, and they don't know why. And there's a Nosferatu going, I am 300 years too old for this shit. <laughs> um... Yeah, I certainly haven't mentioned the... the, the All right, so 
as she she sort of Curtis vehicle. She she sort of lays down the uh, a set of a set of three cards, um, and sort of indicates the first. Um, first the circumstance, and she flips over the tower. That's the, not good. Oh, shit. That's not good. <laughs> disaster. The circumstance of the disappearance is chaotic and upheaval and awakening, potentially. A revelation, sudden change. Things taking a very surprising turn, which, based on your description, seems appropriate. The cause, he says, or she says, um, indicating the second, uh, uh, in- indicating the second card, which she flips over and reveals the moon. The moon. <laughs> the moon represents illusion and fear the power of intuition and the subconscious. If you'll forgive a stupid question, does it also represent werewolves? Typically speaking, tarots don't get that particular. No, but should things be... This isn't the thing that most tarot, most tarot readings have to interpret. I mean, if I if I were to describe a typical werewolf, given my experience with them, I would more describe them as strength, were I to choose a tarot for them. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Or, perha- or perhaps the chariot. Oh, you lost me again. Chariot. It's a thing that they used to ride in Rome when you were like 12. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow that bit. Just not sure what it's got to do with werewolves. It's one of the major arcana. In the tarot, the the the, the chariot represents willpower, action, determination, a force to move forward. Much obliged, madam. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on just a second, Paul. Do I know things about magic items that you don't? Um, Paul, Paul shrugs and smiles um, and, and, and says, I think it was uh, the inimitable Mae West who once said that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Also, she was hot. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> no argument there. Also, you just scouted yourself as old again. Right. No, I was going to say, I had a poster of her in my room when I was growing up. <laughs> and he grins and winks. How could you? She would have been like six at that point. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> Please, go ahead. And... <laughs> The consequences, she says, indicating the third card. Which she flips up and reveals death. Of course. 
Massive change, transformation. And an ending. An ending. Sometimes a renewal. Sometimes death. Sometimes literal death, yes, though not always. In fact, rarely. Which to me speaks looking at the looking at the spread that you've delivered me, you have a situation caused by dramatic upheaval and sudden revelation and change, which is triggered by some moment of illusion, fear, or intuition, something that strikes the mind on a core and primal level. And if not handled, or perhaps if handled correctly, might lead to some form of dramatic change or an end to something important. Okay. But that's just the initial reading. Let's see what the sieve has to say. She says that she picks up the three cards and just throws them into the bowl. And they immediately disappear underneath the water. Nice. Um, and she taps the side of the bowl and picks it up and shakes it for a second and then sets it back down. And the 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 bowl begins to glow ever so faintly the 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 faint sea blue becomes the faint icy blue becomes more of a a a neon blue as it begins to glow just a bit um and she sort of stares into it for a minute and you see her eyes sort of rapidly flicking back and forth like she's watching something that you can't see as she seems to be taking in some sort of some series of information as she sort of leans to one side and presses a finger to her temple. Can I try another wits and occult roll to see if this is if this is legit or if this is more um, smoke and mirrors? Sure. One success. I mean, she definitely seems to be reacting to something. It's very hard to fake rapid eye movements. Okay. Like the, the the sort of rapid eye movement that indicates someone following a visual perspective is very difficult to fake. You can. It's not easy, and 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 if anyone who's good at reading it can can discern patterns. Um, but she definitely seems to be following some sequence of events that is playing out before her eyes. As she sort of sits there for a minute and tracks what's going on. I see... I see a man, a soldier, a paladin, a stalwart, a leader, someone who has fulfilled his role as a mentor in gathering a group that might do much, that might potentially bring this place from the brink of destruction. His task as a mentor is complete, but his journey is far from over. But the course of it is disrupted. In the midst of a battle with the darkness, with a great evil, a third entity intervenes, something aside from the battle at hand, with the desire to 
use the talents of this individual, someone who has a particular use for them. A instinctive and reactionary attempt to defend oneself leads to a rapid and sudden disappearance with no warning. It's unclear whether or not this third party succeeded in attaining what they wished, but someone else is looking for your Jonas. Someone who strides the balance between the supernatural and the mundane. Paul looks at the other two and says, I think that won't be our slasher. I mean, yeah. This someone has pull, power, control within a group of like-minded individuals. And I sense them at the root of a great many evils. Like the dragon gnawing at the roots of the world tree, they seek to topple events in their favor. The slashes are only two, right? We don't know anything about any greater group that they're part of. Not that you know of. Just just the pair of them. At least as far as we know. Maybe that will be our next line of inquiry. Um, Paul turns uh, back to... Uh, Madam uh, Zarkova and says um, if you wouldn't mind us asking you um, a a bit of your background um, how long have you been practicing in this area? I have wandered this stretch of the Americas for some years now. It's been a time since I journeyed here from further southwest um, and your uh, your activities in the area um, have you noticed anything um, of of particular particular danger recently if you refer to the increase in activity yes I've taken notice that the lines of fate draw tight around this place. Um, or I'm not sure how connected you might be to others who are aware, and I'm not asking. But things have become rather dangerous of late. For those who are either more than or less than human. Yes, there have been disappearances, slaughters, a number of dangerous killings, especially near the city. Mm-hmm. 
That was more what we were talking about. Just because they seem interested in folks with um, other than normal uh, attributes. Um, and he looks over at, at, at Nina and Astrid and says, any objection to a, to a fair bit of warning to our new friend here? I mean, I was about to do it whether there, whether there were objections or not. Because I'm a team player. But... <laughs> Astrid? No. Go ahead. Um, we know there are at least two um, who call themselves hunters, but uh, that have gone around the bend, what we call slashers. Um, one uh, with... with power in the in, in, in the realm of sound and force and the other no real subtle way to say it just a bloke who's walking around on fire we saw him burn his way through uh, straight through a werewolf and then burn his way down into the ground it was a thing let me tell you uh, any chance you've heard anything about either of them any chance they could be affiliated with something larger uh, maybe the group that you mentioned she kind of, as you mentioned those two, she kind of looks up at something else and you see that, that rapid eye movement again as if she's watching something else this time. Not looking down at the bull, but looking up above your heads, actually. I see... a woman in possession of an artifact. A tool a weapon of destruction that she knows not what it does to herself as it twists her and everything around her. Grants her great strength, but at the cost of her mind. You wouldn't happen to see, while you're seeing this, their driver's license, do you? <laughs> she just faintly smirks while her eyes continue moving, but... And then... I see a creation of your kind, an experiment gone wrong, broken loose, something that was to be contained, something harvested from another, something taken from one of, not yours, but close, something, something that had once been dark, now made so very bright against its will. Well, that's not horrifying at all. It's just the two that you see. That is the vision that I was granted based on the two that you described to me. I do not know how they connect to the rest of everything else. Well, that certainly seems to support the fact that um, good old Torchy is a um, Chiron experiment going wrong. Look, be careful, all right? From what we know, we don't know too much about the first one, but the second, um, apparently, is silly as it is to say, um, we're not literally on fire, walks around uh, in bandages, looking like someone who has, naturally enough, been very badly burnt. So if you see any um, um, uh, Claude Rains-looking fellas, um, hoof it in the other direction. 
Oh, I think you're just doing that on purpose. <laughs> I totally am. <laughs> I would have made the same reference. The the walking corpse would dare not get close to one whose field of magic specializes in the balance of life and death. Oh. <laughs> Do tell. I was going to say, and Eamon's meerkat sense goes off. <laughs> Is there anything um, with regard to that that he might be able to pass along to us to uh, to help save others or maybe stave off any sort of um, further disasters? The verbena walk the balance of life and death and the streads of fate. We don't, at least we don't try to push them any more than they need to be. I get an occult roll on that term. Sure. So can uh, so can Paul. Conspiracy bonus. Uh, yes, you can add uh, let's say an extra plus two for your conspiracy dots. Six successes. Damn. Damn. Two. So uh, what Nina knows is the verbena is a name that's bandied around regards to mages. Magic uh, witches, yep. Yeah, usually usually relating to witches. Um, and those that do more wonders. those that do more of the like the the like traditional the witch Blood ideal. Magic stuff, yeah. yeah. Um Paul Third best tradition. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what you know is the verbena are a lot of what forms the modern idea of the druids of Stonehenge or the classic Salem witch. Um, they, from what you understand of them, of the many, many different types of wizards that have had an impact on folklore about those that do magic, um, they are the ones that are typically, when people are referring to someone who the old hag in the forest who brews a potion that can grant you youth at the cost of something else or someone who makes, who works with the, the cost of, of life and the pulling fate. Someone can grant you great fortune in exchange for a terrible misfortune or can grant you strength for weakness. Uh, those that deal in that kind of tipping the scales of life and fate they're typically talking about a verbena, whether or not they know it. Um, okay. They're they're very much the in tune with nature and the balance of life and death spellcasters, whereas so you might equate others with more like the, the traditional Merlin. This is more the traditional Baba Yaga. Okay. Um. Do I know of anything with, with six successes? Do I know of anything um, that I could say to her that would indicate that I'm more in the know and more uh, sympathetic to the cause of the Verbena than I actually am? Than you actually are? Um, that's difficult because from what you understand, the mage traditions are basically just styles of learning there there's not like they they call themselves a thing to represent like 
it's the difference between the old school and the new school. There's not really a group that makes them up. It's just sort of what you tend to lean towards. I mean, I assume the, I assume the Baba Yaga comparison is not a good one. He's not going to no. get anywhere going like, nice chicken legs on that house. <laughs> <laughs> oh Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> the most awkward flirting ever. Um, Want to ride my motor on pestle? Um, okay. And in that case, uh, Paul just sort of nods in an attempt to look sage um, uh, and says, um, <laughs> William, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> um, You're muted, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, oh, I was just going to take this opportunity to point out we broke nearly half of the group. <laughs> uh, right, my what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Sal. Um, also, Barter, that doesn't even work. Like. <laughs> I didn't say Paul was good at flirting. Jeremy, mortar. No, I understand. I understand that. Ride my mortar and pestle. (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) Not well. The collectiveness of the two things is the issue here. What does Paul actually say? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Paul Paul nods and says, um, "Well, I, I can see we've come to the right place. Um, again, I'm glad to hear you'll be safe. Um, if I might ask again, um, anything you might share with us to help in a situation where." Uh, we would have run into him again. He is single-minded in his task. He is difficult to battle, but perhaps not so much to outmaneuver. We tried a lot of fire extinguishers and it didn't do anything. The fire that he burns with comes from something ever-burning and something primordial. It is unlikely that you would be able to douse it with simple fire extinguishers. Um, Paul shrugs and says, no defense, it was our first attempt. This is fair. Very much obliged. All right, so maybe not something straight on, but uh, trying to distract. It will be easier to escape from that one. Anything, anything, does anything come to mind that, uh, that he wouldn't be able to escape? Any way to contain him that occurs to you? There are rituals of binding that might successfully hold a creature such as him, but they would need to be performed by the likes of my kind or those who created him. 
for you? I mean, I'm already handing up. I'm already, when we're done with this whole conversation, I'm already handing up my phone number, anyways. But that's not <laughs> well. For the reason, don't even go there. <laughs> not just for that reason. Don't even go there. Um, but I feel like you're really ramping up Nina to combat me playing Hayden on Thursdays. No. <laughs> This is a significant step in the moderate direction for Nina. Yeah, but this is like the fourth time reference. Sorry. Did you hear the description of the character? It's sort of an older, the safer Colleen. Right. Sort of a my statement wiser girls. <laughs> like anyways. I, I mean um, I'm <laughs> regardless. Um I mean she kind of looks like Morticia. Almost worse. <laughs> almost worse. Um so I don't know, I had a thought. I don't know what the thought is anymore. It drifted off. And then William said Morticia and it was gone. Um, no, yeah, we would definitely, there's, there's definitely, I feel like if we drop, if we drop a big enough rock on it, Or a small skyscraper, but you know, we'll improvise next time we run into him. I'm curious to see what you can pull off. He burns with an interesting hellfire. Is it hellfire then? It's a turn of phrase. I mean, there's... Is it simply a turn of phrase? You know, there are times that I'm not certain myself. Sometimes choice of word is subconscious. Sometimes it's among us. Sometimes it's something more. I couldn't tell you. As far as I know, that was just a turn of phrase, but I also don't know. Okay. Glad that's cleared up. Um, yes, the fields of magic can be confusing at times. No, I'm, I, I, I figured. Um, I look at the other two. Are we missing anything? I think I've asked everything uh, that at least has sprang to my mind. Astrid? Um, I wish I could get more specifics, but I know I can't. Paul turns back to um, Madame Zarkova and says, um, I know this is probably outside the, the scope of how these things normally work, but um, what should we be asking that we're not? <laughs> Storyteller. 
Please give us the information we have failed to ask for. We're literally talking to a sage. <laughs> Perhaps rather than looking to solve each problem individually, look for the roots that bind them together. Each, while each is formed of its own accord, the crises forming all have common cause and common root. And treating the symptom will do little compared to finding the cause. I mean, right. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to do that. You should see what kind of weird, crazy conspiracy board is on my notes app on my phone right now. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, clearly I was all connected. But. There is a greater force at work that is pulling everyone's strings. Even members of the Awakened are dancing like puppets underneath the watchful gaze of the Puppet Master. And I I suppose you all haven't gotten any closer than we have to cracking exactly what that would be. Or who? Paul kicks Nina's foot under the table. What? Are we being subtle about this, or do we want fucking answers? The winds of fate move as they will, and the potential that the enemy also knows this and has an amount of control over what visions can be sent to those of my kind is not impossible. But suffice to say, I don't know much. No, I love you. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. We, uh, this has been tremendously helpful. Uh, may we be in touch? Yeah, I was going to, so... Uh, look, I can imagine you have certain mindsets about people like us. I know that many of our people have mindsets about people like you. And I would like to be able to give you a heads up if somebody's coming your way. You'd also like to be able to call on me for more favors in the future. I mean, that's not the... Yes, quid pro quo... Ah, words. Words are hard. Quid pro quo relationship, yes, absolutely. But... I mean, there's no but there. That's that, 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 that's pretty much it right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to just... 
Leave this card right there. And if you happen to give me some way to put your number into my phone now or later when you text that number, feel free. I may have a use for it and you may find find it saves your goddamn life. Um, she reaches over behind her and grabs something off of a shelf and slides a similar card across the table to you. Awesome. Uh, do do I have any idea what the what the the price for a for a tarot reading would be? Uh, I mean, I believe the question would be for another tarot reading. Right, right. You haven't quite discussed the cost of pri- the, the the concept of price for this one in particular. You right. don't know what she's you don't know what she's getting out of this. Yeah, I I, I was. Um, and maybe for like a street magician's tarot reading, but you don't know what a mage asks for an honest to God glimpse at the fates. Um, all right. Uh, well, I, I, I think Paul says, um, and, and like Nina has indicated, um, it certainly would be a two way street, but, um, speaking of which, um, well, we'd greatly appreciate the information that you've given. Um, we certainly didn't come in expecting anything um, as a gift. So um, how can we best thank you for your time? Mm. I think I've gotten a fair compensation for my efforts in time already well madam zarkova if you don't mind my saying that's downright unsettling but i'm glad to hear it anyway it's a give and take with the threads of magic that's fair asking me to glimpse into your fate often will grant will often will also grant me a glimpse into something else My deals tend to resolve themselves. Sweet. Um, William, a question I've been been wanting to ask: How many how many of the one eyed kings do I actually have? Do I just have the pair, or do I have more than that? Uh, let me take a look at the one eyed kings. Um, I think it's just one set per. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if, but I think we've been a little fast and loose with that. I do tend to use my willpower to summon them back. I want to try to use the kindness. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it can, they can recall themselves, but the, they, they do come in just the one pair. Okay. Um, I, I, I would like to then, bef- before we leave, um, I would like to use, I don't know if it would be sub, uh, subterfuge or 
larceny. Um, but I would I would like if if these seats are plush in any way that we're sitting on, or are they pillows or what what exactly are we sitting on? You're sitting on a wooden chair. Okay. Um, is there anywhere in here that I could stash one as we leave? Um, theoretically, you could attempt to hide one like on one of the shelves or behind some huh, behind some of the furniture, potentially. But not, I mean, to my eye, not not any great hiding places. Yeah, there's not really anywhere that would be just an ideal like slip on your way out it's a very it's a fairly well kept room there's not a lot of clutter that's immediately available to hide something in okay all right then i i'm not gonna do it i don't want to immediately burn any bridges that we have been potentially trying to make so If there's anything else that I can help you with. Uh, again, uh, just please don't hesitate to reach out if uh, if we can be of any more mutual assistance. Um, and Paul will will stand and um, and uh, hold out his hand. He takes it and offers a a, a, a very light shake. Okay. Oh, we'll head for the, the exit from the tent slash uh, Bentley. One last bit of advice before you go. There is light and dark within every circle in this realm. I would hesitate, even among the places where one expects to see naught but evil, to tar everything you see with the same brush, be it good or ill. I appreciate it. I feel like um, I've certainly had a, a shift in perspective in that direction already. Doing, uh, well, they do say travel broadens the mind, eh? I mean, I've been fighting that fight for, for, <laughs> for a little while now. There are even demons who grant knowledge. Yep, bring yeah, it down. Yeah, where we're going. And some are journalists. All right, well, off we go. <laughs> Once we get out, get back to the bikes. So yeah, we're not telling the others about that last line, right? We're right. in agreement on this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the point at which Eamon was just like, all right, where's my torch? <laughs> No, Eamon just pulls out his bottle of vodka, takes the lid off, starts stuffing a rag in the neck, gets a lighter. No, no, listen, <laughs> we specifically had this conversation. If she's not actively doing harm, it doesn't matter where the power comes from. <laughs> to you? Yeah, I didn't have this conversation with Drew. I had it with Eamon. Yeah. <laughs> to you? Um, uh, 
All right. Well, um, I'm just going to text back or text to the group. You guys dead yet? William? I mean, are you dead yet? No. no, I was just wondering roughly when we get this. I'm assuming it's after, while we're still sort of staking out, waiting for the vampires to leave. Yeah, it's probably, you probably get that text and then look up to see the, the vehicle sort of pulling down the road on their way out. Uh, yeah, then Drew will text back, no, possibly you can meet us in between. And then about 30 seconds later, the Google Maps thing that you can send on iMessage. Paul, Paul stops typing in, in between what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the the Google Maps location for between is a couple hours away from Helen. Um, Paul will text and say, "Are they are they standing still or are they on the move yet?" There we've, Vang. Uh, there was some questions if we wanted to do recon slash conversations here once they were gone, but. If you guys can't make it before nightfall, we'll just head back. Do we know where they're headed next? Yeah. Probably. Is, I it worth, is, it, is it worth confirming they're at least headed in the same general direction? William, I assume during the downtime we had, I could have mapped wherever they're going next, right? Yeah, as you sort of continue to trace the spiral across a, across a map of Georgia, you can sort of predict the path. Yeah. based on what, what roads actually follow that spiral. Um, I mean, they're not going to head directly in a direction. I'll, I'll explain when you get here. No or way. when we meet up. But yes. Sure. We're reasonably confident in our conclusions. That's how we ended up up in a rinky-dink small town and ran into the one other group of people that it might be passing through here. So, um, meet you somewhere out along the path or meet you all back uh, at Nina's? Meet back at Nina's. We're not... We're not really equipped to confront them right now, but it's good for us to know where they're going to be heading. And we don't want to lose that advantage. More than fair. Um... Paul will quickly text um, the um, the local labyrinth, the contacts that he ha the contact that he has there, mm -hmm. um, and will ask if they have any spare sets of one-eyed kings. I mean, yeah, we've got like a couple dozen pairs. Fantastic. Um, do me a favor. I'm going to swing by as soon as I can. Uh, may need to pick up another set or two. Sure, why not? Like, we've got, like, across the entire ages, we've got, like, hundreds of these things. Right, right. I just know um, 
there was that one time that uh you know what we'll talk about it over a pint when we get some downtime but uh suffice to say they were all checked out at the same time and uh the local coin collectors club was never the same again mm-hmm. it's a good thing they come back isn't it what's up it's a good thing they, it's a good thing they come back isn't it that's right that's right yep always come back um and then he will he will sit back and uh try to grab a little bit of rest um uh, no he won't because he's on a motorcycle on a never motorcycle. mind that nope. is not the point to fall asleep you he's not driving i've fallen asleep on a motorcycle before i was about to say uh, so have i when you're when you're riding passenger you can definitely fall asleep I don't think Paul would. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely his first time doing yeah, it. Yeah. I understand that that is theoretically possible. It seems terrifying. You yeah. can. I don't think you should, but you can. Paul, Paul will go back to n- nervously trying to find the best place to hang on to this thing while it's in motion. <laughs> some of us, some of us move a lot in our sleep. Mm. Trust me, you, you, you stop doing that real quick when you fall asleep on a motorcycle. <laughs> I move a lot in my sleep when I'm in my bed. If I'm sleeping anywhere else, I am stock still the entire time. Oh, no. I, anywhere I sleep, I am. I fall asleep like this, and I wake up like this. You starfish, like, don't you? Hmm. Like three feet in the other direction. Yeah, when, when when you fall asleep on a motorcycle with your arms wrapped around someone's waist and pressed against them, it's really hard to like move too much without waking yourself up. Anyway, okay. Paul definitely does not sleep on the way back. That's mm. the crux of the matter. And we yep. all arrive at Nina's, I assume. Yep. So you all arrive a couple hours down the line at Nina's place. Who gets there first? Which group? Uh, I would say the group that's from between would arrive first because Helen's a little bit of a longer drive. So whenever Nina gets back, as soon as she walks in the door, Eamon looks at her and goes, and in answer to your question, if there's a fucking necromancer about, I'm going to make sure my body is well and truly booby-trapped so that if, even if he's possible that he can get his way around the protection of the Almighty on the bodies of his saints, there's a nasty little surprise waiting for the motherfucker. You're awfully presumptuous thinking you're going to be a saint by the time you die. How many miracles? Look, you need three miracles, and I tell you, some of the shite I've done with this cookery on vampires is bloody near miraculous. Near miraculous and miraculous is still a pretty big fucking gap. Oh, just you wait. I'm just saying, you can't always be prepared. So just in case, just know I'll burn your corpse. And the thought's appreciated. Thank you. Well, if we don't finish, if we don't deal with uh, Mr. Man on Fire in a, in a quick amount of time, our corpses might get burnt regardless of our choices. Fair point. That's not oh. a corpse. If it's still breathing, it's not a corpse. Eventually, uh, with enough fire, it'll become a corpse. Speaking of which, did you find anything out about Mr. Hot and Bothered? Well, we've got a bit more information that seems to confirm that he is an experiment gone wrong. Um, oh, are we talking to Frankenstein's monster issue? Yeah, sort of, if you lit all the formaldehyde on fire. Uh, I thought the monster uh, was called Frankenstein. 
No, Frankenstein no. was the doctor. Although no, the doctor himself was a fairly monstrous individual if you consider some of his ethical ramifications of his actions. So both no, Frankenstein and I, his I, monster were monster. Theologically, it would make a fair amount of sense for the monster to also go by Frankenstein, given it's the last name. I think we can all agree that like, <laughs> the one pointing out the distinction, this pedant <laughs> real monster in this in this conversation. Let's you, move on. You are correct. Do we find anything out about our second slasher? There's two of them in there. Right, right. Uh, um, again, confirmation. It seems to be that the um, the item giving them their power, um, which I believe is a uh, is a straight razor, right? Um, and uh, definitely some in, in yeah. We know it's a blade, probably a small one. I don't know where you got straight razor, but if we know that, we know that. Didn't we? I, I thought we were talking about Sweeney Todd. Anyway, if I'm if I'm crazy or misremembering, so the 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 tool that the woman used in your vision, whether or not you relate it to the group, was a straight razor. Okay, that's what I heard. Though it's not necessarily. But she she's perfect. whipping some sort of magic knife around. Yeah, definitely that. Spanner, Dibs. <laughs> I'll row you for it. You can't? I call dibs. Can we worry about the fact that there's a serial killer wandering around before we start dividing up their magical weapons of doom? Well, and also, and, and yeah, also you know more to the point. Lady and or the magic weapon of doom. Right. Well, also more to the point. Uh, based on what we found out, it seems like it actually may be the blade that's been driving her off kilter. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm already off kilter according to you, fuckers. So, no harm done. No, no, it's the sort of thing that's turned her into a slasher. Um, mm. You're not there. Sure. Yeah. So, a lab experiment gone wrong and possessed item. Yep. You could oh. have said that. I decided to let Paul take the lead on explaining it, so it had to be done in more words because it's Paul. That being the case, are we going slashers first or the colonel first? Now that we've got a little eyes, bit of eyes on his caravan and have a plan on where he's probably Speaking popping up again next. Here's, I sent you guys the numbers and some descriptions of the. Oh band. yeah, no, those have been passed on to the union. Okay. If, it does seem like they're pretty militarized, but do what you, you want to do. Uh, in terms of where they're heading, uh, <laughs> I figured out that the guy is just that egotistical. It's um, using this sort of golden ratio thing. Uh, I'll just throw a map on the table. Um, so we can track where he's moving. That's why I was a little bit cautious about intercepting him before we're sure we're going after him or with a half group. So, oh, of course, that makes we might sense. lose the ability to track him in the future if he catches on that we know what he's doing. I tell you what, my preferred uh, method of approach here would be would be to uh, find some way to tip off our slasher friend and uh, and her. Uh, her old flame there that uh, where the colonel would be, let them get in and then we could just step in and mop up any survivors. But I'm not sure of exactly how we're going to get uh, 
get the message to our greatest the fan big, club. The yeah. big problem that I have with that one is their coll potential collateral damage. That's a fair point. Well, I mean, also, we've only seen... We've only really seen one of them in action at this point. Actually... According to Drew's source, the, according to Drew's source, the knifey bit can slice across the street, right? So, definitely right. got to be collateral damage there. Besides which, we don't know how to find either one of them. We know a little bit about them. I don't them. know if they are at all concerned with the secrecy of this stuff. We don't know if they're at all concerned with civilians. Well, they definitely don't seem to be. Look, I'm just saying. Um, I mean, there was a fair bit of civilians around the last attack, and he still only torched the werewolf. And the street. And the street a bit. Hmm. And the buildings nearby. And anyone who might have been standing too close and got reduced to ash before we got there. I don't. I, I mean, I don't think they do it on purpose, but uh, still, you can do a lot of harm by accident. What I'm saying you... is, it's not a good idea to send them after all. To send one after the other. Not only that, but do we have no? Do we have any idea of how to find them? Much less reach out and inform. I was thinking, so, kind of like a post-it note on the front door. Hmm. If they keep an eye on things. Keep a straight face. So, well, again, just my fine a sky sort of wishes. It'd be nice if our, our two problems would take care of each other. But I agree, practically, it, it's uh, not exactly the best solution. Also, we we really don't want to go through the trying to explain away slasher activity any more times than we have to so, we know we know how to track we know how to track the vampires we know where they're going to be we have the means at our disposal to get rid of them we know a little bit about man on fire and uh slashy bitch but we don't know anything about how to find them as far as i'm aware unless anyone has information that i'm not aware of correct Correct. Other than we know that they're somewhat interested in us, yes. not really. So my thought would be, and if I'm if 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 you disagree, please feel free. Set an ambush for vampire. Take out the vampire convoy. Deal with that. Set it and settled. Then we figure out how to lure out our slasher folk. It's certainly the the target about which we have the most information. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. Notes. Yeah. Astrid, do you think your brother and uh, and his friends would be interested in uh, helping us with the with the colonel? Oh, absolutely. I. That, while that would be nice, the best time to ambush the colonel is going to be during the day. That's a fair point. Um, also, and I mean, right now, considering the duo's focus on us, I think that those um, uh, other than humans that we are not inclined to put down because they're not because not threats whatever reason perhaps should not be associating with us 
very closely right now. They turn themselves into targets. I point at Nina in affirmation. Yeah. It is a fair there point, is. but but the counterpoint is that um, we've had some fairly... Uh, Astrid, I'll, as far as your brother's concerned, I'll certainly leave that wisdom up to you. But uh, as far as our dealings with Mr. Cross goes, um, I get the feeling that if we were to move ahead and, uh, and take on this attack without uh, giving Mr. Cross and his associates at least... Uh, with fair warning as to the uh, the other risks involved, if we went to tip them off, I think that might significantly damage any further uh, ability to parlay with them. Mm -hmm. I, I will also point out that the one thing that almost certainly lets... The one thing that might... that we know about the slashers is that that's the sort of thing that might lead to them showing up so that might also lead to a three battle three-way conflict i mean but i i think it's the best plan we have even if it is the same thing we've been trying to do in various ways basically since we met we went to the mall because we thought the Colonel's people were there. We went to the club because we thought the Colonel's people were there. Most of our major actions, aside from the sewer werewolves, were specifically targeting. But, yeah. <coughs> I don't... It's not necessarily a don't do it, just. So. I, I know that the colonel and that whole thing is, we definitely have more information on that. It makes complete logical sense to be, to be dealing with that because that's the one that we can potentially handle right now. I'm going to offer two things in counterpoint. One, we just said I'm not going to. I'm not going to sugarcoat my group. A bunch of a bunch of militant psychos on them. Um, who might very well handle the situation for us, or at the very least keep them busy. And I think the slashers are a bigger threat. And I think there is a way that we can... Actually, if we're not going after the werewolves... There's a way we can handle them. If we can just get a message to them. They're obsessed with us for some reason. Uh, so getting a hold of them may not be the worst, the, the worst thing, but uh, or, or the most difficult. But what's your plan for uh, once we do get their attention? Oh, that I don't fucking know. But I'm I don't think we're gonna know after we kill the vampires either. So we need to figure out what that plan's gonna be, and I'd rather not put that off. Uh. Hmm. I if we want to go that route I 
have... It's not something I can necessarily talk about directly, but I, I have some, some of my magic might be able to send that message along. Um, if we have a message. All right. Is that something you can do safely to you? Into the rest of us. Well, I mean, we're sending a message to slashers obsessed with us, so that's of course, not of course. But right. I mean, I mean, the sending itself, uh, the, the, the no. dangerous, the, the dangerous nature of the message itself aside. It's just, I won't know if it worked. Uh, all right, fair. Um, so. <sighs> The person we talked to said that we need to be looking at, these are all individual problems. The, the, uh, was non-specific in that respect, but I'm assuming that is that that can apply to pretty much everything. Uh, the Colonel, uh, the slashers, um, uh, the, the fucking god machine. Um, the uh, Jonah's missing. All of it. There's something behind it all. Yeah, we. It's not individual things, which I think we've probably all had suspected. Wasn't that laid out pretty much day one? Some sort of some sort of thing was pulling all these things towards Atlanta. We thought it might be, you know, the vampires think it's the 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 the, the whatever veil. The the werewolves think it's whatever whatever. And we've been operating on that information this entire time. Yeah, but I don't. Th I was just trying to make it clear. Things like the slashers wouldn't necessarily be related to that or disappearances of friends or that sort of thing that's my point this is all all of the little fires we're trying to put out big or small are all part of the same thing in that case i'll look to colleen ideas person and who is at the epicenter of this GM, William, you. Sorry, right, yeah. Um, I was thinking for a second. Sorry, I'm also I'm also getting a little tired. No, totally <laughs> fair. Um, it's been a long day of work. Sorry. Repeat the question for me one more time. Uh, there was comments about everything being connected and it all having an epicenter, and I is like, given that you're the epicenter, calling your ideas, but a light little more nicely. Ah. Uh... I mean, whether or not I'm the epicenter is uh, still, I mean, probably, but not necessarily, but there's definitely a lot revolving around whatever I'm connected to. But, I mean, I guess everybody would like to build godlike power, but, you know, I still don't really know how to do that, so... Um, 
I don't know how all of them would. It is weird that all of them are looking for an artifact, but they all seem to be looking for me at the same time. Yeah, we've kind of been chalking that up to you could probably replicate the artifact effects. Or yeah, but, back, but who would who would plant the idea in each of their heads that the artifact they're looking for is here? Hmm. I, I haven't exactly been showing off my powers. Well, all the more reason to get the information straight from one of the people who have the bug and the bug ass idea, which would be a colonel, who, if we can talk to him before we spike his ass. Uh, which is part of the reason why I'd prefer us go after them rather than your union folks. No offense, but your union folks seem to be more of a, uh, uh, uh you know. I uh, literally ask. Do we want information from these people, or are we killing them? And I and was at that point we had an agreement on that, <laughs> and you uh, yeah. were in that chat. <laughs> yes, but I was driving. <laughs> no, you were walking or whatever. Time has been weird because <laughs> we've had two different scenarios going on at two different distinct points in time, I'd but somehow it. coinciding at some point with texts. <laughs> All I'm saying is I can't call off. <laughs> I can't call off the many hit squads who just jumped into their trucks and went. <laughs> went Decisions were made and committed at this point. Besides, I, I don't think we can interrogate the super powerful vampire that doesn't. I seem mean, if we can, that would be great. Oh, you give me. Oh, you give me and my brother a room and a room and a room, a room with some shuttered windows and we can interrogate the fuck out of this dude, no matter how powerful he Astrid's got a, a, a building that's set up for that sort of thing, particularly intentional. Thank you. Yeah. I had almost forgotten about that. You kept a vampire in your bathroom for three days. And cuffed. And I, staked. I don't think we'll be able to do that with the Colonel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, oh, with the right amount of pressure, I can make the Colonel my little bitch. But that aside... Something like made. the colonel, if there's anyone. We don't necessarily need the information from the colonel, though. We have a werewolf friend who also seems to think there's something here at whom we could possibly get the information out. You know, I mean, have we figured did, out where did he hear about it? Have we figured out what everyone else is looking for? We know what the werewolves are looking for. God damn it! I think we. we we know we know the werewolves are looking for the fetters of Fenrir, and we know that the vampires are looking for the Crimson Veil. Do we know what? I feel like the changelings have something too. Do we know what everyone else is looking for? No. Nope. But we could also ask the changelings. And uh, maybe we could make a call back to Madame Zarkova. Okay. But, oh, hey, did it turn out that the la lassie was concerted with demons or any such oh. nonsense? No, just uh, not two unless you're particularly disposed against tarot cards. To the two possibilities. Um, you're right, but two possibilities on that. One, these things are coming from their psychics, whatever, um, just people with the magic to determine these kinds of things are getting specific clips or second possibility 
someone is going around and telling all of the groups this thing. Um, maybe now, maybe back in history. Um, I, we could ask changelings, we could ask cross, we probably should. We might also want to look on the computer a little more at what led what led the colonel to think think that you were a target. I look over at Astrid. Who told Jonas about all this? Because he told us. Does she know? Nope. But uh, a wrinkle in Jonas. Because oh. Jonas told us. Yeah. Presumably he, he was told by someone else. And then he fucked yeah, off. He came and told me about it, but I don't know. He told all of us about it. Down the road. Yeah, I well, not. Yeah. And he's a mutual friend of Jack Cross's. We could find out if uh, if he's the one who told Jack Cross as well. I've got a hard time believing he was the one who told the colonel, but. Yeah. A wrinkle in the. Um, Jonas told everyone. Thing. I was actually tracking someone into town. I knew that there was a building forces. I didn't know why, but Jonas didn't tell us why. No, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that Jonas is the person running around whispering to people. I'm saying that I'm some, saying he might. He found. He found information. Where did he find it? Right. So I this. I've been thinking this quietly as a possibility, not a not a sure thing, but as a possibility for a while now. We have we probably have to consider the fact that Jonas may know a lot more about this than he was letting on. And I'm not saying that in a necessarily benevolent way. But why include us in that case? Because we're a bunch of disparate people from groups that shouldn't trust each other. The Satanist, the Drew, the church members. Lucifuge. The term is Lucifuge. You know that part. I was trying to... Actually, no, that is exactly the point. This whole thing right now is exactly the point. Most <laughs> outsiders who are new to this city and the ones who are not I are either didn't have any connection to him or had a very close willing to trust connection to him. I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm saying we have to consider the possibility. Absolutely. I don't. I don't accept that. And that's fine. I didn't think you would. But I have to say it. Because somebody has to. We, I'm, uh, it's entirely possible. Let's try and find evidence. Because if we yeah. find out that the colonel found out about this 200 years ago, that probably makes Jonas less suspicious. I mean, unless he's 200 years old. Or I was going to say, well, what, how <laughs> much do we actually know about Jonas? I, 
Okay, less but suspicious doesn't human. But how about we start with Jack Cross? If Jack Cross how, found how, out about it and his people found out yeah. about it through somebody else, that's yeah, a, good a good way, way to cross this off the list. Jack's a good way I can solid pun there, lad. Hmm. Okay. Well, actually, uh, some of, we should check with both Jack and the changelings. Uh, Nina, if you I, can, I, yeah, yeah, I just said shakes. Uh, sorry, I didn't. I, I I missed the mention of shakes. Yeah. And probably computer databases, though Nina might want to, if yeah, you I'll prefer see. to do that, um, of course. Eamon and I can go, uh, uh, Eamon and I can go talk to uh, Mr. Cross. Fair. Um, I mean, I could just ring him up, unless you want to do it in person. Just do it in person. Just make sure. All right, I better come along with you. And in person, make, in person makes it a little bit easier to tell if someone's lying to you. Uh, ask if them. you're face to face, right? I follow your logic. Um, well, it's been a it's been a, a bit of a long day of driving. Now, shall we get uh, a bit of rest before we head back out? Uh, that other question: Do we want to try and? send a bait message to the um i'm for not yet okay i think we've got too many we've got too we've got too many too many irons and too many fires we don't need to add more to it not yet Fair. it's at this point that the doorbell rings knife out uh, at the doorbell hmm Nothing. You're not going to stab the doorbell, Eamon. At edge of the door. You know what I mean. Hmm? Right to the inside. Yep. I jerk, I, a, th jerk a thumb towards the peephole. Hmm? I grab it's my door. I'll get the door. I am behind the couch. <laughs> Ashley's just yeah. standing in the open. I'm just going to grab my rifle and slowly yeah, I'm just, I, I, probably I, just called somebody to come over. Yeah. I'm tired of this right <laughs> She just now. ordered a pizza. It's up. Flicks out the baton just in case, walks over, looks through the peephole. She's not an idiot. Uh, you see a uh, pale-skinned, blue-eyed, long, dark-haired, relatively short woman you recognize shakes is at your door. Everybody put the weapons away. I continue to load bullets into my rifle. No, really. <laughs> Put the fucking weapons away. I'm not opening aim, the door. Aim sheaths the kukri. And name just one time I have back. fired. I have fired wildly. Look, not intimidate whoever's at the door. I'm just being precocious. Never know what's behind them. I open the door, slip out the door, and shut it behind me. Hey. Uh, um sorry my friends are psychopaths how are you yeah um i need a favor and that is where we're going to end for the week <laughs> goodbye everybody bye, bye. bye.